0: Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name, as always, is Russell Osborne, and this is episode number 64. Thank you for your feedback on the last episode that focused in on the Lionesses and where we gave you a briefing on the Nations League changes. It is still available at your chosen podcast provider, wherever that may be. Now, it's the turn of the senior men to play their penultimate pair of games. Both of them away, of course. Firstly, in the Czech Republic in Prague and a trip to Bulgaria and Sofia, which appears to be about 800 miles as the crow flies. I've been reading on various forums the variety of ways people are getting between the two. Sounds like a lot of fun, sounds like there will be some good times in some European countries. Sadly, from my point of view, it's only Prague for me. Just like Spain in the Nations League last year it clashes with my daughter's birthday. Some things are just too important. And as you can imagine, I'm not going to turn down a jelly and ice cream party with a bouncy castle and 20-odd screaming kids. You guys enjoy Sophia. Now, as we did before, we will speak with Matodi Shumanov, who gives us the lowdown on Bulgaria, and we'll also chat with Tom Danich, host of At Check Footy on Twitter. First though, Gareth has announced his squad. <laughs> So, as per normal, a 25-man squad. I'll quickly run through it. Now, I am recording this the day after the squad has been announced and before the weekend's games have been played. So, the chances of some players dropping out through injury is, of course, there. Three goalkeepers, Tom Heaton, Jordan Pickford and Nick Pope. Defenders, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ben Chilwell, Joe Gomez, Michael Keane, Harry Maguire... Tyro Mings back again after being called up for the first time in the last international break. Danny Rose and a first call up for Fikio Tomori from Chelsea. Kieran Trippier as well. Midfielders Ross Barkley, Fabian Delph is back. Jordan Henderson, James Madison, will he make the pitch this time? Mason Mount, Declan Rice and Harry Winks. And up front we've got six players. Tammy Abraham is back after those two international caps, albeit against Friendlies back in 2007. And Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho, Raheem Sterling and Callum Wilson. Notable absentees include Kyle Walker, who of course was left out last time around. Perhaps a little surprising this time, although we know the manager knows his capabilities and knows where he is, but seems to want to look at other options. No Delhi Ali or Jesse Lingard, which isn't really surprising given the form they're currently in. And it really does show you, you can't rest on your laurels if you want to keep your place. There will always be players coming through wanting to take your place. You need to be consistent. Well, consistent though, Phil Foden still hasn't been given his chance. Now another is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, although Gareth mentioned him by saying he's still coming back from a long injury. He was called up to the last squad to let him know he's still in our thoughts. And as the season goes on, he expects him to be fighting for a place. And of course, Aaron Wambasaka was in the last squad but pulled out injured and is still injured. Of course, those new names stand out. Chelsea have four players included, one of which is Fikio Tomori. He's actually born in Canada but also has the choice of playing for Nigeria should he not make the pitch in these two games. And on a similar footing is Tammy Abraham who we said there, despite playing in two previous friendlies, those were in 2007 against Brazil and Germany, he too can also represent Nigeria. Southgate said of Tammy Abraham it was a fairly easy decision as he is the leading English goalscorer in the league. As I mentioned, James Madison. He can take his current form into an England shirt. Will he get that deserved cap? And one thing that keeps surprising me is Marcus Rashford's caps. He's currently got 34 and only 21 years old. Seven goals too. Hopefully the next two games will be an opportunity for him to add to that tally. Now I know you like your facts on the uh, on the squad, but teams represented... 4 for Chelsea, 3 for Liverpool, Leicester have got 2, Everton have got 3, Villa have got 2, Spurs 3, Man United 2, Burnley 1, West Ham 1, Dortmund 1, Bournemouth 1, Atletico Madrid 1 and Manchester City 1. Across the squad, uh, as an average age of 24.5, caps a total of 378 and goals in the team, 54 course harry kane 26 of those to his name raheem sterling he's got 10 and as we mentioned marcus rashford he has got seven okay time to speak now with our two contributors from overseas as they give us the lowdown on prague and the czech republic and sofia and bulgaria Now, first up for England is the Czech Republic. We meet on Friday the 11th of October in Prague. And I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast, Thomas Danicek.
1: Thomas, hello there. Hiya, uh, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome, thanks for joining. I must say, you are the the host of the Twitter site at Czech Footy. Yes, indeed.
1: yes uh, indeed.
0: How long's that been going for and and how did that all come about?
1: It's it's actually very very new. Um, it's uh, I've been running it since since July. I think it's basically a summer project sort of. So I hope I'll still find time uh, throughout uh, Christmas and all all kinds of uh, stuff that could be tricky. And it's basically just because most of the uh, national teams or countries, even Kosovo uh, has their own English account and in uh, for the Czech football there there haven't been much uh, just just information here and there, so I thought it would be nice to have have everything at one place and retweet fans and everything it's It's kind of going nice so far
0: well no, it's uh, it's been incredibly helpful to myself and I'm sure many other people uh, if people do want to find that at czech footy it will of course link to that uh through our own uh three lions podcast account. now let's let's look forward to this game in prague the czech squad has been announced and and i must say that we are talking prior to weekend's round of games before the international so there may be a few changes but what what the sort of players that we should be looking out for uh, with regards to the czech squad
1: the, the the one question mark actually is is Patrick Schick, who's who's basically our only scorer at the moment or capable scorer at least, uh, who's who scored um, I think four or five uh, goals in in recent months, and he's been struggling with injuries since the September break, so. He's supposed to be in full training, but that's precisely the the thing we are looking out for during the weekend, whether he makes at least the bench at Leipzig and uh, whether he can make some sort of a return so so we can count on him. So he would be the one, uh, obviously, to to keep tabs on uh, even for English defenders. And then who's his main uh, creator or supplier would be Jakub Jankto, who's now um, at Sampdoria in, in Italy. Um, he was also, for his part, he was a bit injured and also struggling for playing time. But now he scored a very nice goal against Inter um, the last weekend. I mean, now it's not going to be the last one, but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, he'll he'll show another good performance and he'll come into the break um, uh, full of confidence. He's basically our our main. Um, not necessarily a distributor, he's a bit of a inverted wing- winger uh, who uh, has a very alert passing and then can make that through ball and assist.
0: I see. Now I also notice that the, the squad is made up quite heavily uh, of Slavia Prague players.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, the thing is, basically the, the first game with England, which no one really wants to recall at the moment, uh, <laughs> It was we we were super negative and we we played five defenders in not really a five five um, defender formation. Um, it was basically just hoping for the best, which didn't come. And um, now it's probably going to be a lot di- uh, different uh, because one defender uh, Gabreselaci retired. Since then, Kalas uh, is injured and. Um, Basically, especially in defense now, we could have for the full Slavia defense, which would uh, be an advantage in a way, because Slavia plays a very high-intense, high-tempo football. And so most of the defenders, even midfielders with Socek, who's the holding midfielder, uh, they are um, uh, able to run a lot and basically keep up with the best teams. We saw it against Inter. We saw it to an extent against Dortmund uh, yesterday. Um, So... Yeah, that would probably be the idea behind why uh, everyone is is called up
0: now. I see, and that uh, that game against Dortmund, I, th- I think I'm right in saying that there were seven players uh, in this squad that played for Slavia uh, against Dortmund, which is which is quite an impressive amount to to bring into a national squad. Um, and just just going or referencing that game, I saw parts of it on the telly yesterday. It's the same ground that uh, This game, the England against or Czech Republic against England game, will be played at the Sonobo Stadium.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's in uh, Vršovice. It's kind of off the city center, but basically at at the perfect spot, even for for some uh, post match drinking and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, it's basically the modern, uh, the, the most modern stadium we have in the country. It's been built, I don't know, uh, some ten years ago. Um, so yeah, what what's the capacity of it? It's going to be it's reaching around twenty thousand, I think. Uh, to be to be fair, I don't know the the exact figure, but it's obviously it's still on the low end uh, compared to to the biggest stadiums in England and Europe. Um, but yeah, it's it's the biggest one here, uh, together with Letna, with the Sparta Stadium, who have around the same.
0: It it seemed to generate quite an atmosphere in there. Obviously, it was two different teams, but it does the the sound and the acoustics keep well in the ground there.
1: Yeah, I would say I, I find it uh, pretty pretty nice for the fans, uh, but at the same time, I would stress that, uh, especially in our country. I think in England it might be similar, but uh, with Czech fans, we get very apathetic we, um towards the national team. We don't really. Especially at this uh, now, since we have a bit of a conservative coach. Um, the last time since the golden days, uh, we were kind of excited was when Verba, who was basically the um, unanimous choice of everyone for the best coach of the country at that at that time. Uh, he, we won against the Netherlands and stuff like that. There's not such sense of us being capable of, of uh, coming up against the bigger sides at the moment. As I said, we were very negative in England and it's probably going to be same now. So it's not even sold out. I think the game now, they're still advertising the tickets. Uh, so it's probably the atmosphere is not going to be, you know, uh, amazing, I would say. right. But right. for Slavia, it's obviously a very different uh, game. Yes, um, yeah.
0: I mean, just looking at the group as it currently stands at the moment, Group A, uh, at at present, the Czech Republic, are in second place uh, after you played five games, you won three, you've lost two. But I think it is going to be a fight for for that second place between yourselves uh, and Kosovo. Uh, You both actually meet uh, next month. Do you think you can get that second place?
1: I think yeah we we have the we have the home soil advantage in the in the return game which is going to be hopefully huge um, it's going to be played in Pilsen as well which is interesting that it's outside Prague for for such a crucial game um, but actually we have a very positive record there so hopefully it's it's going to count um, yeah the game in Kosovo was very low on intensity or urgency from our side so that was a big uh, um, basically, all the critics made uh, critics made a strong point against the national team, and um, um, basically the the team then rebounded against Montenegro. Even though the performance wasn't as good as the scoreline suggests, um, they still sort of hit back, and and it was um, clear that they made a greater effort to to uh, bring that points back. So hopefully they can replicate it against England. As I said, if if Slavia players and as many as five or six can start, probably um, if they can bring that uh, that form back, um, it's going to be hopefully a boost sort of intensity wise.
0: Right, uh, and you mentioned the uh, the ground, the Sonobo Stadium, where the game will be played. Is is in sort of the, a short walk from the centre of town? Did you say?
1: um short walk it it might be around three three kilometers probably so it's more of a tram uh journey uh, but it's nothing um yeah it, it's it's nothing long or um it's it's kind of off off city centre but at the same time um it's where many of the of the bars uh, or not bars more uh, more like pubs uh, the traditional oldish ones are so I think it, it's nice for, especially if you're traveling. It's nice also to see these parts of the town because uh, for locals we don't really go to those, uh, you know, tourist parts. I guess that's that's usual. Uh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, you, you mentioned the the word there that many England fans ears will uh, prick up. The pub. Um, what what can we expect to to sample beer food wise in Prague?
1: Well, we have a, a huge. Um, range of, of, of beer brands. We are very proud of that. So there's plenty of um, uh, pubs that even have those taps where you can so, uh, self-service, uh, self-serve yourselves. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, so that, so that's pretty nice. Uh, at the same time, obviously, a selection of, of Irish pubs and that kind of uh, stuff, uh, if you're into it. there There's one, actually, there's one low-key, kind of comfortable um, Irish style, uh, which is called Merlin and it's it's pretty close to the stadium as well is that the the name of the bar merlin yeah, yeah merlin yeah um basically i mean it would be easier and i'll i'll probably maybe i'll tweet at you a, a list of because plenty of things are spelled very intricately so oh, yes so yeah i'll basically like even for example when it comes to like a true nightlife there's there's plenty of of uh, clubs uh, i'm not necessarily into clubs but around the street at loha which translates to long street there you have uh, plenty of those and basically you can just walk for, uh, or pop from one to another and one of them is called james dean again podcast friendly uh oh,
0: right. friendly name and and for czech food what what was the what's the local delicacy
1: well we we sort of overlap with with um Hungarian or German cuisine, I would say, with Hungarian, it's it's mostly goulash, so all, all sorts of sauces with, with meat. It's a very meaty and kind of oily oily stuff, uh, not necessarily something for vegans or vegetarians. That might be tricky even at menus um, to find stuff uh, for those. Yeah, uh, also dumplings, not not the Korean-style dumplings. It's more made out of bread or potatoes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's more like a side dish um so yeah that kind of stuff cabbage usually goes together all (laughs) well a lot of sauces and yeah that kind of stuff stuff.
0: sounds good i mean during the day i went to prague about nine or ten years ago and obviously there's the the charles bridge and there is the the main square which you may have to remind me the name of but it's got the the very large clock um there which a lot of tourists go to is there anywhere else that's you people can head to
1: yeah the the old town square you, you probably mean uh, with the with the clock uh, those were actually being uh, reconstructed lately but uh, i think it's now okay again uh, we sort of had a controversy um, recently with pandas all around the, the square which obviously we don't have any pandas in the country so That's it pandas. was it was yeah it's it was some sort of a um, deal with chinese government or i don't know and you know I I expected some sort of environmental agenda or whatever, and it's just for tourists, just to take pictures. It was oh, quite right. awful. There was a huge <laughs> backlash. So hopefully they are not there anymore.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but the, the square is nice. The Charles Bridge, of course, as well. Though it gets really crowded during the day, in a way that you basically can't pass uh, within minutes. And um, yeah, I would actually, if if you if you go for for clubbing or, or pubs later. To the other side of the river, I would probably just take a stroll back um, during the night, because then it gets magical, the Charles Bridge and um, even the Prague Castle. But during the day, it's it's just too crowded. Uh, I see. And
0: one other thing that I have seen is the great Strahov Stadium, which I suggest listeners go and have a quick Google of this, the Strahov Stadium, because it appears to be, or a large stadium with nine pitches, uh, within it is that right
1: yeah it used to be a huge complex for uh, for mostly the communist um, i don't know we call it spartakiada uh, spartakades i don't know if if it's a word in english but it was basically like the, the huge showcase of of the unity of communist regime or that kind of stuff and it used to be at some point i think the biggest stadium in europe bordering on um, um 100 years now i think it celebrated 90 years just recently it used to have capacity of of around three three hundred thousand I think that's right that's
0: I've, I've yeah. read here on it's two hundred and fifty thousand spectators of which yeah. fifty six thousand is seated, which just seems an amazing stadium. Does it get used?
1: yeah, that's the thing basically now in Strahov, uh, Sparta has the training center there, and uh, there's still a lot of a lot of youth tournaments especially are taking place there, but uh, slavia had like a temporary stadium there when the current one uh, which the game will be played in was being reconstructed or constructed again so they were there actually for the first uh, for the first champions league um, they played there as well right. at, at strahoft so that was it was slavia's home but also the the location is very awkward so for for most fans so it was kind of yeah it was it wasn't necessarily liked and and sort of embraced by the fans
0: is it far away from the the center?
1: It's a bit far away. Yeah, it's oh. uh, there was like one bus going. I remember when we were going for matches, and uh, it's on a like a big hill. And um, there's basically nothing around. <laughs> right. It's, it's a bit. Uh, but obviously, since it was so huge, it it needed to be sort of not really in the center. It needed, of course couldn't have been out there. But now I think there was a talk about gallery. Uh, we have a sports union of some sorts uh, having a headquarters there, I've, uh, the, the football association as well. So it's basically, it's a mixture, As you even as you said, it's a mixture of things now. Still to this day, only the things are a bit different or the associations. I see.
0: Well, it certainly looks a place of, of interest and I can imagine a few England fans will will find their
1: way there good luck to them
0: (laughs) (laughs) now there was talk uh, I did hear when the games were first announced that when this was going to be played on a Friday night the mayor of Prague wasn't particularly happy with the thought of a lot of English fans coming over was that right
1: I, I haven't caught that but I wouldn't be surprised because to be fair well, not to be fair, it's a bit of a stereotype at, at this point, but English, English, not fans necessarily, more like people on stag Yeah. have kind of a bad reputation for destroying the city centre, but obviously it's overblown. Uh, and I think it's not Prague only, it's, it's Budapest at the moment and stuff like that.
0: Are the people of Prague a little wary of, of a lot of, of an influx of England fans coming over?
1: I, I wouldn't say it's in the air or something. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say they are wary. Yeah. Um, most likely they'll they'll join them eventually anyway so <laughs> yeah. sounds sounds good okay well, I mean, back to the match are you going to the game? I hope so. I'll still waiting for accreditation and if not i'll I'll probably just just head to town and and um, uh, suck in some atmosphere yeah. anyway but yeah I, I don't have a ticket, but hopefully I'll get in anyway
0: okay and and you have a prediction for the for the score line
1: I think I would take a tight loss um The coach himself said that basically any point will be a bonus and that they are already sort of preparing at least mentally for the Kosovo game, which I guess makes sense. I don't necessarily like it from the coach perspective. I would expect them to go for points, but um, we have to be realistic. And unless England rotates like crazy and even then it's going to be hard. So I would hope for like 1-2, 1-3, something like the Dortmund-Slavia result, I guess. Right
0: okay well we shall uh, we shall wait and see thomas of at Czech footy uh, on twitter we'll of course link to that and uh, yeah maybe we can catch up in prague yeah hopefully definitely okay well we have got my contact details all the best thank you very much for joining us thank
1: you so much for having me
0: I'd like to welcome back to the Three Lions podcast from Bulgaria, based in Sofia, Matodi Shumanoff. Hello, Russell.
2: Thanks Hello. for inviting me. No, Welcome back. How have you been? I've been really well. I'm looking forward to welcoming the England team uh, here in Sofia. And hopefully the outcome of the game might be a bit different compared to what happened at Wembley last month.
1: Yes, well,
0: well, let's get straight on to it. Let's, let's get on to it and then we don't have to talk about it again from your perspective. <laughs> 4-0, wasn't it? But sort of didn't really tell the, the, the 4-0 scoreline, didn't really tell the story of the game because
2: frankly, it, it wasn't the most exciting of games, was it? Totally agree. Maybe during the first half, uh, Bulgaria played a decent game. Mm, there were some, some nice uh, opportunities, although Coach Balakov um, had promised before the game uh, to not park the, the bus. Of course, uh, we played uh, in a really defensive way, but that was the, the only way to stop that England team. We, we managed to, to keep the clean sheet uh, right uh, yeah, until the, the end of the first half. But uh, then, then we conceded, uh, and it was an um, unlucky goal, uh, I should say. And after the break, we we collapsed. Um, and I I must say that the, the fans here in Bulgaria uh, were upset with with the performance uh, because okay, nobody expected to to beat England at Wembley, but maybe we were too too defensive, and we offered so little upfront and uh, as you as you saw there were two uh, brazilian players on the team uh, they are back again included in the squad for the upcoming match in, in sofia so people are expecting from from balakov to to get some results because uh, his first Four games in charge didn't go according to plan. He lost all four of them. And it will be difficult for him to turn the tide because we have two uh, difficult matches coming our way, away at Montenegro, and then we are at home against England. Uh, So the expectations are are low. But of course, we, we expect this team to... give their best and to to fight against the odds.
0: I think any team in in your position that was what you really want to see is the players giving their all isn't it Uh, and I think in in your defense I mean when Harry Kane's on on the form he is at the moment he got a hat-trick against yourself there's sort of no no stopping him but that game against Montenegro uh, before you play England that I think will really determine who finishes bottom. Unfortunately, of of Group A, won't it? You are really looking for a result against Montenegro.
2: That's true, and to be honest, um, everyone here is um, expecting uh, to to reach the Nations League playoffs. Maybe this will be our unique chance and opportunity. To make uh, the Euro 2020 finals. Although, if we deserve to be there, is uh, completely another subject. Uh, but um, luckily, we had a really decent Nations League campaign. So, we are looking forward to, to, to learning whether we'll make the, the playoffs. Uh, and uh, as far as this proper qualifying campaign is concerned, well, it, it certainly hasn't met expectations.
0: Yeah and I and I think actually you mentioned there the the Nations League playoffs and am I right in saying there's a possibility that you may play Scotland in the first semi-final if positions are as they are at the moment
2: I think you're right in saying no, I, this, I, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, well, I'm sure everyone from England wishes you all the very best in playing Scotland, should that be, uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> should that be the you. opportunity.
2: Well, <laughs> if uh, the whole England nation is behind us, maybe we can beat anyone, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we shall see, uh, but uh, good luck. Oh, no, I guess as well. I mean, should the, the Nations League thing uh, not take off, I guess you you are looking forward now to the the next round of Nations League and and indeed World Cup qualifying as a chance to to get back on the uh, the world stage where you previously been.
2: Yes, and uh, as far as I know, there will be a change to the current Nations League. Uh, format. Um, it uh, didn't last uh, too long, <laughs> I must no. say. So, after the, the initial um, edition, uh, there will be some changes made, uh, and I expect uh, this Bulgaria team to be promoted uh, to the higher division. Which will be some bad news for us, to be honest, because <laughs> uh, right now well, we can't compete with, yeah, with teams that are uh, much better than us. So maybe um, it will be uh, better if we stay where we are currently.
0: But let let's move on to the game that's in to be in Sofia. England will will come to, come to you after playing in the Czech Republic. This, uh, the squad has been announced, the Bulgarian squad. There's a few different players this time around, to the team that came to Wembley.
2: There are, indeed. Um, For example, there is the defender uh, Kamen Hadziev, who plays in Hungary. He plays for Academia Puskas, and he is one of the new names called up um, to to the national team. Uh, If he is to play, he will make his uh, uh, debut. Uh, It will be his first uh, international cup. And there is also this winger, uh, his name is uh, Birsend Karageren. He plays for Lokomotiv Plovdiv in the Bulgarian top flight. Apart from that, the two Brazilians uh, who were on the team the last time we we faced England just a month ago, they've been called up uh, once again. And goalkeeper Nikolai Mikhailov, who is also happens to be the son of uh, the FA's president Borislav Mikhailov. Uh, he was the goalkeeper of that golden generation that reached the semifinals in the US in 1994. So, uh, Mikhailov Jr. is uh, back uh, after a few years of absence, I, I have to say. and uh, those are the, the new faces. Uh, luckily, uh, compared to, to last time, uh, Bulgaria's player of the year, Kirill Despodov, has joined in the meantime Sturm Graz in Austria. And he's, uh, he's been given some, some playing time. And maybe he will be back to, to his best uh, when we face England in, in Sofia. So there are uh, a lot of uh, expectations uh, placed on, on his shoulders. So
0: the, the game in Sofia will be at uh, the national stadium there. What, what's the atmosphere going to be like? What would you expect it to be like for, for England fans travelling?
2: I think that it will be a sold-out game. Although we have to, to mention that um, part of the seats will be uh, left empty uh, because uh, of a UEFA ban. Uh, maybe you are familiar with that uh, story or maybe your yeah. listener, listeners are not. Yeah, so we, we have to, to remind them that uh, it won't be the full capacity of the stadium, which is around 44,000 seats, but a few thousands of them will be left empty. Hopefully, there are no uh, more incidents because, yeah, unfortunately, uh, in the last few years, uh, Bulgaria has made the, the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And I, I really hope that this time it will be different. Like the, the fans are buzzing because there are a lot of fans who support English teams uh, here. Uh, Man United and Liverpool are really massive, I have to say. So <laughs> there will be some Bulgarian fans making their way to the stadium, hoping to, to see some of their footballing idols and ah. some of the, the England stars in action, uh, in person. So they will be there for for the England team. Yeah,
0: I see. And and as a ground, um, am I right in saying it's sort of a, a bowl, uh, a single tier,
2: and it's is there a running track there? Yes, there is, uh, and there are a lot of accusations that. It damages the proper footballing atmosphere, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but right now uh, we don't have a, a better footballing venue and there are some plans for a new national stadium to be built on the outskirts of, of the city uh, because right now uh, Vasilevsky Stadium, uh, the venue that will host uh, the upcoming game against England, is right at the heart of of the city so it's uh, really easy to to reach it I guess uh, a lot of uh, dignal fans will be staying um, at the hotels in the city centre so I, maybe it's a 10 minute walking distance from from the proper city centre and they won't have any pre- problems to to reach it
0: Okay, well that's good to know. I mean so we've mentioned the ground there during the day what Hopefully it will be a a nice day, no rain, unlike England here at the moment. (laughs) Um, But what what would you recommend for for England supporters to do during the day, uh, maybe before going to the bar?
2: What what would you recommend places um, to see? There is a really nice uh, free Sofia tour. I did it myself a few months ago because uh, when you live uh, in a certain city, (laughs) you think you know all the stuff. But you are so, so wrong. And I, I was really happy that I had the chance to, to attend this city tour. And I can only strongly recommend it to, to everyone uh, who is keen on, on learning uh, something new uh, about uh, this destination to, to discover uh, Sofia properly. Um, and uh, apart from that, uh, there are a few Irish pumps. Oops! Uh, that can uh, draw uh England fans' attention <laughs> yeah um yeah it's uh, it's a really nice atmosphere inside that they they there they can have uh some some beers um and chat what? with with some local fans mm-hmm.
0: what is the uh the beer of Bulgaria? what what should England fans sample and look out beer? For. <laughs>
2: mm. yeah. Uh, Okay, so uh, there are uh, a few beer brands, but um, yeah, maybe Tollich New Weiss uh, which uh, is a bit like the, the, the German beer. A vice, so like, okay, like yeah. Vice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like Paul Lanner. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's uh, it's popular here uh, and it's one of my favorite. Uh, and also, other beer brands uh, that they can keep an eye on and give <laughs> a try uh, are Kamenica and Zagorka. So, yeah, there are uh, a few uh, they can choose from.
0: And, and what would you recommend as a, I'm sure there's a, a local McDonald's around, but if someone wanted to be <laughs> a little bit more cultured, what, what's the Bulgarian food of, of choice?
2: Well, there are uh, a lot of uh, tasty options um, and uh, we eat a lot of a lot of meat uh, just like in in Serbia for example so there are uh, really delicious uh, meat bowls for example yeah that that go with uh, with french fries um, i have to mention the um, local cheese because we are really famous uh, for yeah inventing the, the yogurt you know like, okay. uh, yeah right. the bacteria that turns uh milk into yogurt uh it's uh yeah it's bulgarian a bulgarian invention so to say yeah yeah, we are really proud of um our dairy products um and um yeah cow uh cow cheese uh, and uh, goat cheese uh, like there are a lot of delicious uh options uh, you can you can try here sounds sounds great
0: and just going back to the uh, i don't want to rub it in too much but going back to the game at wembley the program that was produced uh, mm-hmm. you actually had a uh, had an input into that didn't you
2: yes indeed i i had the chance and the honor to uh, to be included in in the the match day program um, as uh, as an author, so I did an interview with uh, Bulgarian manager Krasimir Balakov and uh, former Man United player uh, Dimitar Berbatov, uh, mm. who in the meantime uh, has retired from from the game, and Bontragenchev, the first ever Bulgarian to to have played in the in the Premier League.
0: I see. Good, good stuff. And and will there likely to be a program? Uh, do do Bulgarians, do do the program thing?
2: I I believe so. Uh, although it's not as as big um, as as in England. I mean the the tradition uh, here is is not to to buy one, so there won't be like forty thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. To to be sold outside the stadium. Uh, but uh, I guess there will be a few, a few copies at least. Uh, some England fans maybe can get their hands on. Oh,
0: I see. Well, <laughs> this will be the the twelfth match between both England and Bulgaria. Uh, at present, England have won seven, and there have been four draws. How do you see this game going? Do you? What's your prediction?
2: I really hope that we can we can. St- Still a point, maybe from from this game, but this will be like the the maximum uh, we can get from from it. And if we even if we lose by uh, one goal margin, let's say, uh, it will be a really decent result for for our side because as we as we just said, like the the gap between our team and uh, this England side is mm, massive. <laughs> <laughs> What's, um, Metod- your, what's your prediction, by the way? I,
0: I don't think it'll be a four-nil game. I know in the past, the previous time back in 2011, it was three-nil to England. Yes. Um, and I think the the team may change around following the Czech Republic game. Uh, I'd like to think we can keep, keep a clean sheet, and I'm I'm going to go for a two-nil England win.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we, can, we shall we see. Can shake
2: hands, we can shake hands over this result. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Matoni, thank you very much for your time as always. Uh, if people want to follow you on social media, if you're open to that.
2: Sure, uh, they can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter name is uh, Schumansko and I'll be really, really happy to yeah, to give them some tips in the days to come. And I'll be uh, at the game for sure uh, so they can follow my account in order to, to get some uh, live coverage of the game from Christ. the Vasilevsky Stadium.
0: Great stuff. We will, uh, of course, link to, to that Twitter account through through our very own one as well. Matodi, thank you very much
2: and enjoy the game. Thank you, Russell. Thank you.
0: Now, it's not just the senior men playing. The youth sides have an international break too. We'll just run down some of these fixtures that they're going to be involved in and the uh, obviously the subsequent podcast that we do that follows up the Bulgaria and Czech Republic games will hopefully get some sort of reaction to these games too. Now the under-21s face Slovenia in Maribor uh, just in an international friendly. That's on Friday the 11th of October. They then travel back home. To Stadium MK, of course, in Milton Keynes, where well, they face Austria in a Euro qualifier. Uh, 15th of October, that one. And it is live on BT Sport. The under-twenties face Italy in a just a regular international. Thursday, the 10th of October. Uh, that's going to be played in Parma. Speaking of Czech Republic. The under-20s face them at the Western Home Stadium in Peterborough, uh, Monday the 14th of October. The under-19s face France in the International Marbella Cup. Sounds like a great venue to go and watch some football. That's Wednesday the 9th of October in the Marbella Football Centre. This little tournament, they also play Belgium on the 12th of October, uh, again in the uh, in the Marbella Football Centre. Now England's under 18s they're going to face Poland's under 19s apparently in a uh, an international friendly Friday the 11th of October that's away uh, they will also play Slovakia under 19s on Monday the 14th of October and Austria's under 18s on Wednesday the 16th of October and the under 17s Uh, They are playing in an international tournament. They face Germany twice, Thursday the 10th of October and Saturday the 12th of October. And then they face Spain on Sunday the 14th of October. Now all those games are going to be played in Spain in the Pinotar Arena. We'll hopefully get you some sort of reaction from all of those games in the next podcast. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Thomas Denichek from at Check Footy, and also Matodi Shumanov for the Bulgarian input. As before, please do spread the word, like, subscribe, and review at your usual podcast download place. You can find us on Twitter at Three Lions Podcast. Search also Facebook and Instagram. Again, just search Three Lions Podcast. And hey. We're also now on Google Podcasts. Who knew? (laughs) So search up there, plus all the usual places, and also at three lionspodcast.com. Now, coming up very soon, I do have a special podcast ahead of England's game against Montenegro. That's right, England's one thousandth game. Please do keep your ears open for that. We'll be back very soon with a review podcast after these games against the Czech Republic and Bulgaria. So look forward to that one. If you are off to Prague, perhaps I'll see you out there. If you're heading on to Bulgaria, enjoy. But mainly, safe journey all around. And we'll speak again soon. Until then, cheers.